You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast, your weekly look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tim. Drinking Socially can be found at podcast.untapped.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's the only time you've ever changed that, Tim. Yeah, Why In 50 shows, we've had <laughs> one extra set of words in there. Usually we say you can find the show every Wednesday, but unfortunately going forward, we are going to be... Uh, taking a little bit of a hiatus on the show. Yeah, we'll be putting the show on pause, if you would. Just sort of like, just imagine you got to the end of the episode and then it just paused, just indefinitely for, for the moment. Um, currently, we're actually looking for two new hosts to take over inside of Untapped, And uh, we just wanted to get some alternative voices on the podcast. I think I think it's a good opportunity each year for us to get a new set of folks to host the Untapped podcast. Untapped is made of so many people, so many diverse people, both in the community and over in our Wilmington, North Carolina headquarters. So I think it's a good opportunity for us to get some new folks in here. And to add to that, if you haven't already seen on my uh, public social accounts, um, I'm actually going to be taking a bit of a break indefinitely from Untapped. I've I've been here. Not from checking in. Not I'm from le- checking. No, yeah. no, not from the app, just from the day-to-day <laughs> operations. I've I've been with Untapped for over eight years now since the idea struck driving down the freeway. Um, and, you know, it's been it's been an amazing journey. Uh, and it's just kind of come to a point at which a lot of different things have come together in my life to just tell me it's about time to to step away from the day to day and kind of take some time to recharge and seek out some new things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it, and it, it, the company's grown so fast. It's just wild to think back to. The day when I called Greg up, the co-founder, and was just like, hey, I got this idea. And to a company that now employs over 100 people and continues to grow as an industry leader, it's really mind-boggling. I think the, the one of the things that surprises me the most, being that I've been on the service actually since 2011 or so, mm-hmm. um, is some of the screenshots from the early days Um of untapped like hey we're a beta community and you (laughs) you need to sign up here um to like the first screenshots of inside the app obviously it was a web only service when it started yes so we started off as mobile web because uh neither of us were native developers and um there were so many apps that were either like one like either ios or android but not crossed over so yeah web gave us the advantage to be on anything that was also i think sort of the resurgence of the mobile web as an application like you could add it to your home screen on yes, ios it was that right yep. yeah so uh, like around there i remember oh no 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 you don't want to spend the time to to have like an actual native application you want to you just want a web app it's the most accessible it's the easiest you know all the a lot a lot easier to put together yeah for at, sure at least for an mvp right yeah this was, exactly this was one of those you know early beta communities and around the time also that the the whole like Foursquare, what, what was it at the time? It was like uh, Gowalla. Gowalla and Foursquare were battling it out. Instagram was just becoming a thing. Foursquare was an actual Foursquare logo like, yep. with like the, the ball, ball bouncing around the f- <sighs> when they actually weren't two apps. Right. Yep. Yep. It's just early, early days sort of in the uh, what I heard called geosocial networking oh, uh, a little while ago, which. It's, it's, it's pretty accurate. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, it was also, it was one of those times when it's like, okay, well, this is the route we went. And then eventually you're like, okay, so how do I get the app? I'm like, well, you just go to mobile.untap.com. <laughs> like, wait, what? We and were, so hold on, we were an M dot. I think, yeah, we were an M dot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eh, 
I think it redirected. I, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that. And um, eventually we did obviously go the route of creating an app and that made a lot more sense and things have just grown from there. And, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, it, it's a little sad to, to be departing, but I, I know that everything's in good hands. The team is phenomenal. The company is doing great. And I'm just, I'm excited to see the future of where everything goes. And yes, I will continue to check in all my beers as I travel around <laughs> and do all this stuff. Yeah. You actually, uh, I think, what, last week went and literally, well, not literally. Okay, let me let me roll that back. You traveled around the world uh, <laughs> and, and tried some different beers. Yeah. So we, I guess like a microcosm of, of sort of yes, what the it, rest of your travels will hopefully be. Kind of. It was so, yeah, we, my family and I went to Disney World and part of uh, the whole area there is Epcot. Uh, and they have the World Showcase, which is kind of like an area that is just a bunch of different pavilions that are all themed from different countries. And they all have different cuisines and different drinks from those countries. And we're talking like um, Mexico, Germany, France, Morocco. And so they have this thing called Drinking Around the World, where you basically go around and you either get a beer or a cocktail from each of the places. I did not make it around the world, but I did try a few different things. And that was really cool to see. So um, if you're ever there, I definitely suggest trying that out because it, it was cool. They all had obviously they weren't they weren't the most local like micro <laughs> beers you could get from the countries. Mm hmm. It, it was more of like the larger distributed things, but it was beers from those countries that I hadn't like seen around. So that was still pretty cool. Or uh, like a definitive style that kind of embodies the type of beer that you can find in that country. Well, and they actually they mixed it up too. Um, like the the German pavilion had, you know, they had their basic like they had um, several different kinds. Like I had a, a grapefruit Rattler, mm -hmm. but they also had, um, a, I believe, a Pilsner and. Um, a yeah. couple other things that were, you know, they're they're of that style, right? But they had a variety from the kind of the genre. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool. But I'm hoping to actually make it to some of these places in real life. Now. Yeah, good a good start, good way to kick it off. I think. Yeah, um, I should also say I've really thoroughly enjoyed working with you both on this show and obviously Aww. on on the Untapped app and you know everything else that we've been uh, working together. I remember very, very, very vividly uh, interviewing with you for this position <laughs> and us being, the, of course, the only two out in the uh, Santa Monica office out on, on the West Coast of California um, is, yeah, it's kind of surreal, actually, to be here. I remember that because it was like, oh, we're going to have like a half hour, maybe an hour uh, interview. And we're like two and a half hours later, we're still nerding out about beer and design. Yes. Going through literal pages in Untapped and saying like, so can we can we change the, <laughs> the title on this? What about the colors? So good. Guys, yeah. Oh, it was, man. It was well, really fun. The same goes. Um, it's been it's been real fun, um, especially I'd say this show has been really stand out getting here, you know, once a week and just doing this thing and chatting. And obviously to everyone who has been subscribing and listening, I want to say thank you for doing so. It's been really cool learning how to a even do a podcast with obviously your guidance, uh, Mr. Kyle, but uh, just being able to contribute and see the feedback and have people send us in stuff. And by the way, I think I might have a beer or two that people sent in that we haven't gotten to on the show. And I apologize, but thank you so much. And I'll make sure that we both get a chance to enjoy those. Yeah. I'll, if anything, hopefully we'll be able to tweet it out. You can follow us obviously on our own Twitter accounts um, or we could probably post it on the show account as well, yep. you know, whenever we're, we're able to get to it. So for sure. again, yes, thank you so much for sending those out. 
Speaking of getting something to drink, let's do that now. Let's definitely do that. And uh, on the note of people, well, you know what? Why don't we why don't we take a little figure out where we want to start here? Okay. So we brought in, we have three separate beers um, to see if we get to them. First, we have an anomaly from Monkish, which is just down here in, are they in Torrance technically? I think they're technically yeah, in Torrance. That's a Belgian style strong dark ale. We also have Violets are Blue from High Water Brewing. Uh, this is a sour ale brewed with natural flavors in wine barrels. That's my jam. That's that's definitely something that I I would probably drink myself. So whether you're here or not, that's that's being and had. Then we also have Candy Cap from Kent Falls. This was sent in by our friend Beers with Shim. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came in actually the batch uh, with the toast beer that he sent over. Ah, okay. And this is a stout brewed with toasted maple bark and candy cap mushrooms. Mushrooms. It says mushrooms, so. Bark and mushroom. You know, that sounds like a Pacific Northwest beer if I ever heard one. But it's coming from the, the northeast. The, the northeast, <laughs> yeah. Um, that sounds really not strange necessarily, but you know what? Okay, so I should say the monkish one I did get from someone as well uh, in a trade. I cannot remember when I got it, but it is rather rather cellared, if if I can say so. Uh, not as much as the 50-50 we had last time. Oh, but, gosh. But it's pretty cellared. Okay. Um, I've done my best to keep it here in the office where it's at least somewhat climate control it's temperate it's, yeah it's all right i think we should probably do the the candy cap okay. right that's start there yeah i i love the branding on that too the, like, like the brain the, the, the can it reminds me a lot of that omnipolo can uh that sort of got this you know br- yeah like a brain look it's a nice yeah. sort of seamless pattern all over it yes. it's very cool it, it's really neat i love this pattern um, and I should say a little bit of detail here. It is an imperial stout. Again, it's from Kent Falls Brewing, and it's coming in at eight percent. When when I saw the foam coming up here, I thought it was going to pour orange, like actually bright, bright orange. Uh, but it it comes out. It, the head is pretty khaki, nice and rocky. Actually, that is a wonderful pour. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> The color pretty dark. The color is very. It, it looks dark in the glass, but if you get a little bit like the little bit that's left on the can, it's definitely got more of like a burnt caramel mm-hmm. looking thing mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. There. Oh, weird. Okay, so earthy or yes, obviously. earthy. Earthy's like, going to be kind of the only word that we will probably have for this, with given the fact that it's it's mushrooms and bark. Did you say bark? Uh, maple bark. Maple bark. Toasted maple bark. I hope they mean actual literal tree bark rather than like um, like a sheet of fudge, you know, or yeah. like a like a, a candy brittle sort of situation. Uh, Untapped's description says it is brewed with maple syrup, so I'm not gonna. I'm not 100 sure. Candy K. Here we go. Let's get official with it. Fallsbrewing.com. Our farm has quite a bit of maple trees. For our maple inspired stout, we harvested we harvest 30 maple bark. From recently downed sugar maples on our farm and toast it just before addition to the boil. Conditioned on candy cap mushrooms, which naturally impart the strong maple syrup character in stainless steel. This beer has a plush toasted marshmallow and maple syrup vibe to it without the use of any actual syrup. Ooh, that's cool. It's like a a tree tea situation. Yeah, it's described as clean and roasty. All right, I'm, I, I got to try it. I'm just, I'm sitting here just smelling it. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding? Mm. That is, that is actually really sweet. Surprisingly sweet. Uh, the maple seems pretty subtle to me. 
I'm not, had you not mentioned clean in the description of this beer, I don't know if I would have instantly gone there um, because I do get a lot of sort of malty roastiness with it. Not burnt necessarily or smoked at all, but it's got a roast character. The Um, aroma definitely has that like (laughs) very earthy dirt sort of thing. I'm not quite sure. It definitely has that sort of mapley, but you can get that earthy thing going on. But the thing thing with beers like this is usually when I taste beers with a lot of roast character or almost like leaning on smoke, it is something I want to try a little bit warmer. This one, I don't feel that way. I think the the current temperature of this being kind of, you know, below uh, cellar temperature it's definitely fridge temperature is ideal for how light the the mouthfeel is for yeah. it and how it, it's definitely not thick no, in any not way. A, shape not or at form. all. Not at all. Not what I would expect from a from a stout. It does it leaves a it definitely leaves a uh, a bitterness on the aftertaste. It's a, it's a strange bitterness. Mm. It's almost and I I kind of made the joke about it being uh, tree tea, but it does kind of leave sort of a tea like bitterness. Um, feels a little a little palate wrecking for some reason. That might have been the Chipotle I had for lunch, though. <laughs> that is quite possible. Uh, so I uh, doing a little Wikipedia here on candy cap mushrooms. You are far more culinary than I, and I would assume that you've possibly used candy cap mushrooms at some point. I I'll have to see a photo of them. That definitely looks like something I would accidentally forage and and, and <laughs> or I no I, I don't think I've ever used candy caps. Apparently, they're valued uh, for their highly aromatic qualities and are used in culinary as a mere flavoring. Uh, they're used for flavoring rather than um, like actual eating te- yeah, texture. Actual, actual eating, exactly. They do look like a mushroom that you would probably get dried more often than the fresh version, especially if you're supposed to use it for flavoring things like stock soups. Uh, you know, stuff like that, where you're just trying to sort of, again, tea-like infusion of whatever that mushroom flavor is into the thing that you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's not It's not at all what I expected. Granted, when I see something that says bark and, you know, mushrooms, I'm expecting it to just kind of be like putting some mulch in my like, mouth or something. Yeah. Like yeah. grabbing a handful of soil from a forest floor. Or, or like licking a rock or something. <laughs> yeah. There's a very nice, uh, like little bit of like the maple that is helping. I should, we should say, Paul, this is a very, very good beer. The jokes we're making of it are, are just strictly for, for the chuckles. Uh, this is actually a very good beer. I'm, I'm thoroughly surprised. Yes, definitely. No, no down talking to this at all. Hmm. So thank you so much for sending this in. Now, of course, obviously, we've got to decide what's next between those two, because I'm uh, I'm looking for like a palate cleanser. I don't think I want to go dark again. I think it would do the high water. The, yeah, the sour ale. The sour, just kind of. We need some more glassware is what we need. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Store.untapped.com. Coupon code podcast. podcast. So since things are kind of winding down and we're just looking to have a little bit of fun today, we thought it would be cool to do a little bit of a listener Q&A. Uh, we put out a question yesterday, or we put out a call for questions yesterday on Twitter and Facebook uh, to send over anything you know you wanted to know about the show, 
uh, about Untapped, about beer, about Kyle's magic abilities to make jokes. Um, it really is a superpower. I I swear it absolutely is not. <laughs> and we got we got quite a few questions back, so we're gonna do our best to run through and. Um, answer as many as we can all right first up here uh first question is from sam over on facebook sam says i want to know which style badges don't yet have level 100 if that's possible to find out and it definitely is sam um we've got a badge i think the first one that comes to mind is our wheel of style badge or wheel of styles badge that can't go higher due to the amount of styles in the system. So like right now, we've only got a certain number of styles of beer. It's going to be highly dependent on when when you listen to this podcast, obviously. We're always adding new styles pretty much every quarter or so. Yep. Um, just to kind of keep up with trends, we do our best not to follow exactly what the beer judging guidelines are so that they're more community-driven and less, you know, like uh, a- actual judging guidelines driven also things change so often that we have the ability to kind of stay ahead of the trends a little bit which i think is nice you know for example like a brett ipa before that was official style we could add it in or something like that yeah yep um so for the wheel of styles badge in particular it'll only go up as high as the number of styles we currently have so i as much as i don't want to recommend that you turn on retroactive badges If you do, what that will do is allow all of your check-ins from all time to be counted towards this Wheel of Styles badge rather than you waiting for these new styles to be added to Untapped and then none of your previous check-ins counting for that if those beer styles do change and folks do edit that on our system. So highly recommended specifically for the Wheel of Styles badge. But um, yeah, that's one that you can't get to 100. (laughs) Just impossible right now. I don't even know what level I'm on on Wheel of Styles. That's a really good question. And I do not do retroactive badges, so it's not going to be that high. So you can find out by going to your profile, tapping on badges, scrolling to beer, and tapping on the Wheel of Styles badge. So mine is level 29 right now. I'm just three away from uh, checking that in. And what you can do, too, is scroll down that list and see the styles you have had and the styles you have not had. And... That list will kind of help guide you towards maybe finding styles that you haven't tried before. Dry ciders, ginger beer, hard seltzer, brown IPAs, things like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm currently at 23, so a little behind you. <laughs> I definitely think this podcast has helped a oh, lot yeah. in, in, you know, finding, uh, finding new styles of beer, trying new stuff. Clear IPA isn't one yet, though, no. so we'll, we'll we'll have to wait for that I, one. I gotta find an Australian sparkling ale. <laughs> or perhaps, um, let's see, what else? Can't even pronounce this one. Zoigel? Zoigel. Brewed in northern northeastern Bavaria. Hmm. I haven't heard of that style before. There's so many interesting things to try. Yep. I think that's the moral of the story here. Doppelbach, Einsbach. Yeah, there, there are ones in here where I just feel like, I can, I can find this. Oh, yeah. Robbie E. on Facebook asks us, uh, what is the difference between different kinds of hops? Now, we've talked about a few different kinds. We played some game shows about the different kinds of hops. <laughs> Honestly, right. there are so many, and there are so many still in development, you know, different strains and different um, types being made all the time. So mm-hmm. it, it's a constantly growing thing. But really, every hop has a slightly different or unique quality to it. It, and it really depends a lot on when it's added, how it's added, dry hop, boil, 
when it comes to the, the actual beer itself, pellet. right? Yeah. yeah so the, 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 a lot of it has to do with the way that the hops are used. Mm-hmm. But if we do take a moment to kind of break it down and we focus on some of the main American hop varieties. Now, there are so many hops out there. I just kind of went with this because I found an interesting article that I'll link to. It's a beer beginner's guide to hops of the world, and it's on SeriousEats.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a pretty decent overview. So pulling something or a little bit from that looking at the American hop varieties, Cascade, which is one that I feel like most um, most people know about. It has a, a grapefruit, kind of a grapefruit rind flavor and a floral floral aroma to it. Mm. Um, Columbus, for example, which is another one of those, uh, it's uh, more of what they call a pungent hop, and it's often compared to pine resin. It's one of those uh, hops that's got that like kind of dank sort of pungent thing going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Um, and as another example, Chinook, uh, it's actually got kind of like a pine-like aroma, but it also has a mellow touch of citrus. So you can see that they all have slightly different kind of variants on how they provide different flavors or aroma. And they all, they're, they're all kind of on the same spectrum, though, of, of bitterness, right? Which is how hops are, themselves are measured, where you're getting kind of the different levels where you uh, grapefruit is kind of uh, you know a little bit bitter right pretty bitter it's more citrus is less bitter than that at least it's going to mm. kind of be perceptively that yeah. way it'll it'll maybe come off a little more juicy sometimes you'll hear those words described for hops um but it, yeah there it's it's all kind of about the bitterness with hops right yeah well and it's it's about the bitterness and the subtle side effects of it mm-hmm. like the flavors or aromas Example being like piney or citrusy or this or that. And they're like I said, there's there are different kinds all around the world. Um, and they all have slightly different things. And while brewers have done a number of single hop series beers, you know, like the uh, I'm sure I can't recall right off the top of my head, but I know I've had quite a few and I believe you have as well, where it's just like this is an all cascade or an all galaxy or an all Chinook, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, they only use one hop specifically. The majority of beers actually are just a combination of different hops that the brewers mix together um, in different ways to kind of achieve specifically what they're looking for. You get a beer, for example, that'll have Galaxy, Chinook, um, all the different things. I think very famously there are like seven hop blends uh, for things like rogue beers or, you know, they'll have these these wet hop varieties where you'll have seven different hops in there. Yeah, I think the one you're you're grabbing right now that that hop, that hop one to your yeah that one seems like it's got you know a whole bunch of different types of hops in it. So for example, um, I have this hoppy AF. We all know what AF stands for in the shorthand world here. Uh, it's from Everybody's Brewing, and this is a du- they describe it. This double IPA is light colored and juicy with massive amounts of Galaxy Citra and Chinook hops, both in the whirlpool, the fermenter, um, and so you can see. Mixing and matching really does – you take characters from different ones that you want and you kind of mix it together and you figure out exactly what you're going for. It's just like um, you know, mixing paints to make the right color or trying to make the right flavor of um, some sort of food or a sauce. You're, kind of, you're going to mix this and that and spices until you get the right combination. And the same goes for hops. Even though they tend to lean into the same area like you were saying, um, the subtle nuances really can meld together in a lot of different ways. I think it should also probably be mentioned. I mean, you were talking about, you know, brewers using them in specific ways. Um, It can also be broken down into aroma hops versus bitter hops. Yes. Right. So you've got the ones that are a little bit lower alpha acid percentage 
And those are good for aroma, obviously, given the name. And then bittering hops are going to be higher alpha acid percentage. They're going to be mostly in the boiling process to try and extract that bitterness from the hops as they're like, you know, cooking in there, basically. Um, and then there's a whole I, I mean, we can put this in the show notes. There's a whole list of hops based on sort of, you know, what their flavor profiles are what their uh, min and max alpha acids are and what, you know, where in the process they would be used. So maybe a good, if you're if you're new to hops, you know, trying an IPA or trying a pale ale or trying, you know, sort of a, I think what um, some, what was that brewery? Uh, Society Brewing's uh, Bachelor Series. I think it's Society. Point is, you should definitely, <laughs> something I think would be interesting is to try a series of single hops and then try just something that's a blend and see how that all kind of pans out. It took me forever to really find the the ones that I tended to like more. Um, I, it was the Festival of Dankness, the second year that Modern Times put that on down in San Diego. And just trying 30 different beers, all single hopped, you know, that's all madness. IPA. I mean, it. it when you're getting one ounce pours, it's not that bad. Well, but I mean, just the what, fact that you're, that's so many different. You're, you're able to, oh man, my palate was wrecked. My palate <laughs> was absolutely destroyed, but. All right. Our next question comes from Lenny on Facebook. Lenny asks, are inactive accounts managed or removed on untapped? Uh, Lenny, I can say definitively that we do not manage or remove inactive accounts. So an inactive account would probably be something like I haven't checked in in a year. I haven't checked in in six months. Some services will turn off your account and or like move it into an inactive state if they're trying to save on cost or they're trying to, you know, clean up their user database. But we do not remove accounts. We do not remove content unless it obviously doesn't meet our guidelines. Um, but if your account was, you know, two years old, three years old, coming up here on nine years old, uh, we do not remove it if you are inactive. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, next up, we have a question from Andrew on Facebook. Uh, it says, Tim, it's pretty common now to walk into a brewery or beer bar and see people checking in beer on Untapped. Do you have any stories from the early days about the first time you spotted people using the app in the wild? Or when did you realize that Untapped was catching on in the beer crowd? I'm really curious to know the answer to this question because I listen, I still get the warm fuzzies seeing other people yeah. check in on the tap now. And it, I feel like we've you know, really kind of hit it off in the craft beer world. For sure. And every time I see, I still feel the same sort of sense I did the first time. Um, I, I'll be honest. I don't remember the very first time I saw it in the wild. I do remember some early times um, seeing it. And one specific story actually stands out. And I was a little bit of a creeper. But uh, we were, my family and I were in Palm Springs and there's a brewery out there called La Quinta Brewing. Uh, we went to their tasting room and we're hanging out there. And I think we were the only ones there at the time because we went pretty early in the day because we were on a trip. And so we're hanging out and um, enjoying some beers and some guys, I want to say like three or four dudes walk in and they order their beers and they sit down um, like across from us almost. Like we were on a bench and there was like a divider wall and they were on the other side. Okay. And after a little bit, I look over and I kind of, the glint of yellow catches my eye it's always the thing and i look over and i'm like oh crap they're using untapped this is wild <laughs> so i very specifically remember going and doing the um, check-ins nearby and finding one of them and then sending them a friend request while i was sitting there and waiting to see what happened nothing ever came of it but i was just like i feel like such a creeper but this would be really hilarious i that's the thing though like being able to that's the whole point kind of i think of untapped is is the drinking socially right and 
while I I do think <laughs> it may be a little strange to send unsolicited friend requests, friend requests <laughs> to people at the bar. Yeah. Uh, yes, please, please, listeners, do not do that. Uh, but it is really cool to be able to, like, if anything, continue some sort of connection after the fact from being at the same like physical place, like sharing about Untapped with someone who hasn't hasn't signed up for an account or hasn't checked in a beer before it's saying like, hey, you can get the menu here for this place. I had no idea. I I, I don't think I have a personally a specific uh, instance where this has happened to me, but it's still like, like you said, it, every single time I get that kind of glint of yellow out of the yeah. corner of my eye, it does definitely uh, make me think like, wow, that's they they are on their craft beer journey right now because that's they're they're looking for something good, right? All right, next question comes to us from Johnny. I'm going to say Johnny on Facebook. What are the northmost and southmost verified venues in the world? So this is a this is a good question. I'm really intrigued by this one. Yeah. I I would love it it to I would love to be able to say like it's a uh you know research facility in, in Antarctica. In, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I really wish I could say that, but unfortunately that is not the case yet, obviously. Um this kind of changes, right? Uh from day to day, year to year. Folks can be a part of the verified venue system through what we call Untap for Business. That is basically the way that you can publish your menus and get events out there so that they show up in the Untapped app. Um, as a consumer, as somebody maybe listening to this podcast, you see them as the yellow check marks or the yellow pins on the map. So in my research, at least currently, as of today, the northmost is a bar in, it says Finnmark. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna assume Finland, maybe. I'm I'm digging in here. Uh a place called and I'm gonna butcher this, Jern to Pet. That is probably absolutely not how you say that, but um it is in a place called Finnmark and it appears to be the northmost. It's uh it's a county in the extreme northeastern part of Norway. Of Norway. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, the southernmost in my research, I feel like maybe could be a tie between these two right now. Uh, there is one in Buenos Aires uh, called Juguetes Perdidos. I want to say uh, it's a brewery, and hmm. right now they've got uh, they've got an Imperial IPA on tap, a sour, a Flanders Red, Goza. Uh, this is obviously down in Bolivia. Uh, going back here, it, I believe that it is a tie currently with a place in New Zealand called Emerson's Brewery. Ooh, now if the world was flat, I could draw a line, but since it's round, I can't tell which one's further. Right. So cur- <laughs> currently, I'm 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 unsure which what which city, is going to be. What southmost. city is the uh, the New Zealand one in? Uh, Otago. Otago. Yeah. Mm. They've got a uh, Garage Project IPA on tap, Pale Ale, a Berliner Weiss. A brood IPA, not bad, but those I believe are the southernmost oh, verified oh. venues. It seems to oh, you're you're getting lat longs. Here we go. All right, okay, so we're doing forty five point four seven south on the Otago. This isn't exact because I don't have the exact address, so we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do this loose based based on the cities. Okay. And then you're looking for the for Buenos Aires. Uh, yeah, so the the actual city for that one is yeah Buenos Aires. So that's thirty four. 
uh, 0.6 degrees south. So okay, I so think- not not as not as southmost it sounds, right? Or do you go even more? Zero is the zero is the end. Zero is the equator, right? <laughs> oh man, I got to go back to my geography now. <laughs> I think so. I believe so. Boy. Oh, I you feel so. You can't do math, can't do geography on the podcast. Come on, Tim. I can find directions, but no. So I'm going to go with Buenos Aires being the uh, the southernmost the southern we got most. here. All right. Which is pretty cool. So uh, <laughs> Johnny, I'm going to go with Johnny as well. Hopefully that answers your question about uh, verified venues. North and south. But be sure to uh, tap the map tab in the app, though, and uh, pan around the map and see which ones you can find. Oh, no, no, no. I was wrong. Hey. Counts up. So that's what, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, you were right. All okay. Right. So so never mind. New Zealand is the news the one in New Zealand is the southernmost, I believe. Okay. So okay, we'll just bounce back and forth. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put links in the show notes to both of we're those. Gonna, I'm going out on a real high note here. Hey, if if you're looking if you're looking for places to go, Tim, I think these are you can go to the northmost and southernmost uh verified venues on a tap. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Jump into another question. We have something coming in from Beer Roamer on Twitter. Uh, he asks, when can I be a moderator? If you didn't know, we do have a team of moderators. I believe there are several hundred right now mm-hmm. that are uh, constantly uh, keeping an eye out on the data on Untapped, suggesting merges, um, adding new beers, cleaning up details, basically helping us keep everything nice and tight so that you can find that beer that you're looking for and it can be perfectly accurate and they're also international which is very helpful these days with helping to kind of hone our uh, translations in the app they've been able to give us a lot of feedback and we thoroughly thoroughly appreciate them yes we definitely do thank you very much to the moderators if you are listening but uh, getting back to the question we are always looking for new moderators um, but right now we're we're kind of just keeping things where they are for the time being, but we will be looking to add some new ones in the future at Untapped. Uh, you can find announcements about things like that on our social accounts, and that's uh, at Untapped on Twitter and uh, Facebook.com slash Untapped. Usually we'll post something out if we start looking for moderators and do a little bit of a screening process and make sure that everything's good there. All right, let's get to another question from Craft Beer Joe. Does at Untapped have any data showing how beer ratings change based on location. An example of this would be uh, the tap room versus at home. Do people rate it higher when drinking at the source? And are local beers rated higher than out-of-market beers? This is a really interesting question from from Joe. Um, This is data that we could and do crunch on a regular basis internally, sort of looking at different opportunities to... um, have this data be something that helps drive how we prioritize features and build the product for our users, right? Um, there, I think the best example of this as of late is in our version three, we introduced this purchase location mm-hmm. uh, information on the check-in, right? And with purchase location, what we're doing is being able to give credit, if you would, quote unquote credit to stores, things like beer stores, online retailers like Tavor that we've talked about quite a bit, uh, being able to, if you can't check in at that location, you can set them as the purchase location for that beer. So again, like beer stores, um, you know, places where you wouldn't actually drink on premise. This, I think, has really changed the way that people use Untapped, and it makes the drinking at home experience different, absolutely different from getting a beer at the source and so trying trying to sort of d- divorce 
that feature from the experience of drinking a beer, either from a bottle or a can at home versus at the source. Um, it's very difficult. I would, I would now admittedly, we don't have the exact data to answer this question and it's not numbers that we typically will put out publicly, but I think we can make some decent predictions as to how this would turn out. I would guess that out of market beers would probably rate higher than local to a degree because when you get at least for me and I maybe this is let's just let's just go off personal experience. Mm-hmm. If I get something from a brewery and unless it's total crap, if it's from somewhere that I would want to go but can't get to and somebody sends it to me, typically I have that higher feeling for it because it's like, oh, this is cool, it's special. I it's took from, my time to go to this place to do this or, thing. Or or I would never get this normally. Sure. Thank you. For whoever sent it to me, <laughs> yeah, it gets a higher rating. Now, granted, there are a lot of really good local beers, but I feel like there's this sort of emotional thing that feeds in, at least into my ratings, because I, admittedly, I don't rate purely on just the taste. I rate yep. it on the whole experience of the beer. Absolutely. So I think I would say that, yes, I would do that. But I would also say that um, drinking at the source, I would also probably rate higher, because there's something about getting it fresh in the ambiance that plays into the rating as well. I think we've also seen this on tasters versus full pints versus, you know, things like that, where uh, depending on the kind of beer, you're likely going to get higher ratings for a full pint of something than you are for a taster. If it is a imperial barrel aged stout, maybe it's the opposite, right? Someone's going to maybe be a little bit more uh, critical if you would rate it lower for a full pour of something that they expect, like I spent my money on this, I expect this to be very, very good versus you get a two ounce pour of the 30th anniversary beer. And you're like, this is fantastic. Five stars, you know, it's super good. But uh, separate from that, there's a way that you can actually look in the app and see what folks think per serving style. So taking a look at a beer page, if you tap the everyone indicator, on the sort of like ratings card that we have, you'll see it broken down per serving style that folks have checked in on Untapped. And that's a really great way to see cans versus bottles versus on draft. And you can also kind of make assumptions from there, seeing whether the on draft rating and how that compares to yeah. the canned rating for things, especially like uh, Sierra Nevada's uh, resilience, right? Where folks have had it in the cans and the six packs, but they also had it probably at the source and were trying it on draft. So you can kind of, you know, measure and see whether l- those beers are literally the same exact chemical composition is is one thing. But what folks experience of that is, you know, in different serving styles. Yeah. And everyone reads differently. So. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the next question is going to be a bit of a doozy. Uh, Jen uh, at Craft Beer Jen on Twitter is asking, we're doing a road trip from San Francisco to San Diego along the coast in July. We're from Scotland and we need advice on which breweries we must visit. Oh, my God. We would take an entire show trying to list that. <laughs> um, This is going to be a heck of a trip for you, Jen. I, I will say that. Uh San Francisco to San Diego. So they're going to It kind depends of, on which way you're going to drive. There are two ways to go. There's the five freeway, which goes down the middle of the state, which doesn't really hit a lot of stuff. Or there's the one. Well, I, yes, I know you're you've got some things on there. So I'm not going to say <laughs> let's just let's just agree that it's the more rural, rural uh, way R- to rural. rural. I always mess that one up. Way to go. Mm hmm. Uh, if you take the 101 freeway, you're going to run through more cities. That's more your turf, right? I mean, the the 101 sort of one yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I grew up along that freeway. I was literally like 
the main thoroughfare for the entire area. Yeah. But anyway, that's going to put you through more cities, which gives you more opportunities. Yes. Yes. And however, um, I'm a Central Valley boy. So I've I got a soft spot for a couple a couple places uh, along the 99. If you do decide to go, it's a lot hotter. It really depends. Kyle's going to call it Dust Bowl for sure. But see, well, yes, Dust Bowl. Uh, Also, Dionysus, Dionysus Uh, in Bakersfield. Very good. We talked to them at GABF this year. Those were some cool guys. Yeah, very, very good beers. But they're going along the coast in July. So July Stay out of the Central Valley. Yeah, it's don't do not go over there. Um, let's see. Off the top of my head, I'd say Fieldworks. Um, as you're leaving, they have a they have a tasting room as you're leaving San Francisco. So kind of on what's called the Peninsula. So search for Fieldworks in San Mateo. I, I believe it's in San Mateo. They have a few places that are more north, but that's the one that I stopped at on my way back from San Francisco down the coast. Alvarado Street is a must hit on your way through Monterey or Salinas. Yes, you'll you can hit either one going down the coast. Um, for sure, stop at Alvarado Street. I, I know we've had a couple of those on the podcast before. Um, getting through the 101 and going down towards Santa Barbara, though, um, I think there are a lot of great places there. Topa Topa is down there. Ventura, Ventura, Ventura Coast Beer Company, yep. uh, Casa Agria in Oxnard. Absolutely. Um, we did. And I mean, I feel like we're, we, we're going to miss a whole bunch of things. I, there, there are some new places popping up at San Luis Obispo. Um, I believe it's a uh, slow brewing. Um, they're making some good stuff. So that would be a good area to stop in. And obviously San Diego. I mean, if you're going all the way down to San Diego, you're going to LA is going to have a few places. Stop in Torrance. If you can get to Monkish, that's like everybody's go to. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I think the point is, though, there's just too much. You, you just look at the map that I was talking about, find the breweries <laughs> and go to them. Find think, a brewery and pick it already. I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty good way to go about it. I think what, what I may also do, Jen, is uh, in the show notes, you'll find a public list of some of the places that I recommend visiting on the California coast. Some places that we may have covered on the podcast before uh, that could could be good starters for for you to get going in California. Uh, John W on Twitter. This is John from Untapped. Uh, is hey, there John. is there one beer that you and Tim? Have always wanted to try, but have never been able to get your hands on. I've got my uh, white whale, if you would, oh. of of this. I, I don't know if you have yours. I'm, honestly, I don't have a lot of thought. I, I have one. That is, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like the first thing that pops in your head, you just got to go with. Yeah. Because I, there are so many beers that I don't even know exist. Sure. Um, it, it, it's not for me. I'll give a bit of a teaser. It's not going to be something from like... Belgium or or something super coveted or something that comes in a bottle that you know has a gold top or no, it's, it's none of that. I'm I feel I feel so stereotypical saying this and I feel like it's just not that exciting. But I really at some point need to get out and try Pliny the Younger. That's, Is that the same? That's thing? mine as well. Oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, I feel, I we're so basic. We really are. Yeah, basic beer <laughs> bros. Bros. Yeah. I, the, <laughs> the problem. See, listen. I have being in California. It comes and goes every year, and I always kick myself for not waiting in line, for not going out and, and trying it. It's one of those things where I will feel ah, accomplished is the wrong word, but I will feel like I have done the thing and tried the thing and then can move on from there. That's that's kind of it for me. It's, it's like, like I said, a white whale situation. So it's like I kind of want to make the pilgrimage just for some reason. Like I know I know some people who uh, they left their house in Long Beach at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. They got to Santa Rosa and were outside the line by like 11 a.m. They were in by noon with their wristbands, having their beer. 
and they're plenty younger and i think they hung out for a day or so i think they actually went to the um the other one that we talked about their secondary location now mm-hmm. um and hung out there and then came back and i mean driving all that way for a beer seems like so ridiculous to me especially when there are places down here that you can like raffle for to get a taster but something about that just sounds so cool just like hit the road and go up there and experience the whole like pilgrimage that people do i don't know maybe someday yeah and we talked about it then like it just it feels a little bit it feels like it's a little on my murtaugh list for those who uh, ever listen to how i met your or watch how i met your mother you know like i'm too damn old for this like yeah no at the same time i don't know it's just I I get it. I get it. And and I do kind of hate that we have the same one. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's it it, it, it kind of says a lot, though. Well, it has become such a part, I think, of craft beer culture in California specifically to go and do that. It's it is a cultural phenomenon every single year. This happens. And you're I do. I just feel like I'm missing out. I, I have real mad FOMO for <laughs> for, for younger. So, um. It's been on it's probably been on my wish list as well on Untapped for way too long. My wish list is just you know 200 300 deep at this point and there's no catching up with that. I I, I got to maybe cull that a, a bit and and find find ones that I truly do feel like are are ones that I should seek out. Well, that does it for our questions. Hey everyone who sent in a question, we really appreciate it. Um hopefully we gave you at least some helpful info there. It was definitely a lot of fun seeing those and uh, running through them. Yeah, if you do have any more questions for us, you can definitely send it to us either in the Facebook group that we have going on that we've talked about before, or you can send it to us personally. Um, I'm at Hop Burps. I don't think I've ever said that on the podcast. <laughs> it's before. hard to say. It's hard to say verbally, right? It's it. Well, you know, not hard. No. Uh, the, the funny part is that Elf used to be dog burps. It used to be. Yeah. Well, I felt like I should That's go more. Grade. I should go more beer centric, yeah. right? It's anyway. Anyway. Uh, Alvarado Street Brewing, uh, they've got a whole line of swag and merch and stuff that says Burp Hops. And so I feel uh, I feel very validated yeah, yeah. And, and on brand For when, sure. it, when it comes to that. So. That makes sense. You can catch me on Twitter. I am Tim A T I M M 3 H. So if you have any questions or anything, you can hit either of us up there and we'll we'll gladly get back to you. All right. To close things out for, I guess, this our last episode. That's Aww. that's that's a little sad. I'm um, going to miss everyone. I, yeah. Listen, I'm not... I have had such a great time yeah. recording this uh, every single week. And obviously, you know, I love podcasts. I've been doing <laughs> podcasts for years and years. Um, you can, I guess, I guess this is the perfect time to pitch. You can go over to goodstuff.fm. I run a whole podcasting network. If you're looking for a new show, um, listen, look, I Untapped is my main thing. And then this is my side gig. So I feel like I do have to, if you're looking for more podcasts with my voice on it, you can go over there. We've got a couple new shows coming, so ooh, I'm keep, check those out. Keep an eye out if you like if you like baseball or want nothing to do with baseball. That's <laughs> that's your place to go. Uh, boy, uh, outside of that, I think what we should do is open up a another bottle here and sort of um, christen like a ship uh, our our departure here from the podcast. As we sail out to sea, just don't break it on the glass here because we are in a bit of a like a glass box. Yeah, let's, let's not hit it against anything. So what is this, Kyle? You've been holding on. This has been sitting on your desk since we moved into this office. <laughs> it has. Uh, this is Monkish Brewing Company's Anomaly. And uh, it's listed as a Belgian strong dark ale uh, with oats and wheat. Belgian style silky strong dark ale. It only had one check in this month. So we're going to be, we're oh gonna be number two. 
but it's got 4,500 check-ins total. So it's 8.5%. We have a 750 milliliter bottle. Uh, serve and sell it at 50 to 55 degrees, uh, bottle conditioned and pour gently. I'm super excited. We, again, like you said, we've been holding on to this forever. So let's do, get that open. Do you want to do the honors? No, or? no, no, please, please, please. All right, here we go. So I think one of the coolest things uh, about Untapped and having, <laughs> this is going to sound like a, a really weird brag, but being able to friend people on here and have uh, lots of folks contribute their ratings to all of the beers on Untapped, being able to see that 12 ratings from friends uh, have been entered in here for an average total of 4.27 uh, rating on average. And everyone's rating given all of the check-ins on Untapped is 381. So since I'm friends with mostly West Coast folks uh, on here, it's kind of nice to see that they're rating this a little bit higher than the global average. I don't know what kind of distribution this one got, but kind of oh, get Monkish doesn't. I don't think Monkish has. I don't think they do distribution either. at all. No, but I, I guess. But they are highly sought after and shipped all over the country. Similar to how like, um, well, what was it? A uh, Treehouse or yep. which one was on the top? The top ten for twenty. Probably Treehouse. I mean, Treehouse is typically on the top top list for brewery and beers. On untapped tree. Yes. So Treehouse was the fifth most checked in um, brewery of 2018. And they had like that one location that's just a madhouse. And it's because people go there. I know people who fly out there and they literally pack three suitcases full of beer and bring it back. Like that's the <laughs> thing that they do. So I think the same actually goes for Monkish. It gets traded a lot. This is a, again, what a wonderful pour. Thank you so much for for a, a gorgeous pour. The, oh, yes. uh, the head is nice and rocky. Some tight bubbles on the side, which is nice. Um, and on top of it, Again, some bigger ones um, doesn't seem to have really lost much much of its uh, carbonation over time. And boy, that smell is spectacular. Are you kidding? The swirl trick is dangerous if you it, don't cover it, it properly. It, it really Let is. Let me I... clean up my mess here. <laughs> I'm gonna say cheers. This is this has been uh, this has been a great opportunity um, for for me, especially in the podcast world. This is probably the podcast that has had the single most amount of listeners <laughs> in my entire life. So uh, thank you to everyone who has listened to us for the last 51 episodes, plus our trailer. I think that's that's that one's in there as well. Yeah. Um, so being out for for a full year, I'm super excited to get some additional voices from Untapped in on this podcast. It'll be it'll be awesome to hear, um, you know, hear a slightly different swing on things, different twist on how it's going. Um, obviously, like we just said, there's 50, this will be 51. So we've got 50 episodes in the back catalog. You can go and listen to those and, um, you know, catch up on all the different beers we had, um, all the styles that we learned about, um, podcast.untap.com. Those will continue to exist there. We're not just, uh, we're not just wiping everything off the, uh, the, f the face of the internet. Yeah, exactly. It'll be there. So go back and listen and enjoy. And, um, as Kyle said, you know, we just hit us up. Um, you can hit us up on our individual accounts or, um, you know, drop a line in the Facebook group uh, for the drinking socially, and we'd just love to hear from you, even um, even if we even if we aren't uh, coming at you every week, every single week. Yeah, uh, what you should also do is stay subscribed. I think uh, sometimes you you think like, oh no, I'll resubscribe, but but then you forget. So stay tuned in. Do not unsubscribe. I, I cannot uh, enforce that enough on on this show. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you did. show notes are of course available at podcast.untap.com and if you've got any questions for us or you've got some feedback if 
stuff you'd like to hear about in the next year or so with a couple new hosts, please do connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's at Drinking Socially on Instagram and at Untapped Podcast on Twitter. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.